um, that where they break the scripture down there, um, you see it. It, it breaks down uh, where God gives and then it lists the five offices and then mm -hmm. what the purpose is. I think it's a good scale or, or chart that you can look at and it breaks it down to the ministry and the edifying, what brings the results of unity and knowledge and perfection. And then the body of Christ may be uh, not children uh, of false, but we're growing up in truth. Uh, final results, effective work, working of all parts of the body in love. And these are part of the body. Mm -hmm. All right. Then he talks about how they work together. Uh, what page are we on? We're on 17. page 17. Okay, I got 16. <laughs> <laughs> 16. I'm, I'm on page 20. Yeah, I, 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 I ain't going to give all y'all's page numbers. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to keep up. <laughs> I understand how. That, that's right. All right. I was hoping maybe that uh, Sister uh, Tammy would be here. We've got a little exercise we're going to do. Let me see what I can do real Tammy. quickly. That's um, Tammy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because um, I, I was hoping you'd be able to be a part of this a little uh, thing we're going to do with this this particular chapter for a pitch. All right, so let's look at some things and maybe we can move move with it because I don't think it'll take okay. long uh, to do what we want to do. Uh, the five special leadership positions work together in the <clears throat> ministry of the church. <clears throat> of course, he kind of begins to reemphasize those uh, things that are important. I'm not going to uh, necessarily go back over those. You can, you can read those, again, um, how they work together. So it gives you some um, re revamp on that. Uh, the spiritual gifts and leadership. Uh, the five special leadership gifts are not the only positions in, of leadership in the church. Every believer has a function in the church. Um, let me say it this way, and it's not belittling, but it is truth. Um, when we get into the other gifts, um, we understand there's even the gift of, of uh, hospitality. There's the mm -hmm. gift of, of, okay. of uh, deals with charity, things helps. like that. Helps. So, you know, we can't put a scale of this one being more important than the other. But I do want to say this. Even the person that may seem in their own thoughts I know of importance, except I'm a giver. Mm -hmm. It's still important. Mm -hmm. I think one of the most precious things that I ever saw was a young, well, not a young lady, um, but uh, at one time I ran a, a paper route in Winston-Salem, had over 400 papers, and did it to compensate my income while I was pastoring the church. Um, so y'all beginning to think that I'm a jack-of-all-trades and not a master of <laughs> any. But uh, anyway, um, there was a little lady, her daughter, she lived with her daughter, and uh, she was my paper customer, technically. But the times that I would pass by, and I would be, maybe I had some that I had to collect from, and she'd be sitting out there on the porch, and you could hear her talking to Jesus. That little old lady in the swing. Mm -hmm. And she was almost 90 years old. Of course, we're talking 20 years ago. Um, so, uh, she's on, on, on. And I never, I'll never forget as I pulled out of where I was at and I almost stopped on a one-way street where they lived coming out of town and she was on that porch just singing precious memories. Precious memories. How precious. How precious. Uh, so never never think that your calling or your gift is any less 
It is a part of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Yes. Spiritual gifts and leadership. <clears throat> the five special leadership gifts are not the only positions of leadership. We, we mentioned that. Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. And I like the idea that it is a body because everything has its importance to fulfill the whole function of our body's need. Each believer has, a, has at least one spiritual gift. His spiritual gift equips him to fulfill his function in the body. Um, again, verse 11 of that same chapter 12, First Corinthians, but all these spiritual gifts work, worketh that one and the same self-spirit. So they're all by the same spirit, and they're, they're given uh, to every man severely as he will. So it's what the spirit, and if we're open, I believe that all the gifts can be operable in our lives. And we're talking about... Pastor Harry, can I mention one thing? Keeps yes. talking about, I know it says everybody has one, it keeps emphasizing one gift, Yeah. but like I say, that scripture clearly tells us that you know, if we've got the Holy Spirit, we've got more, yeah. man. And as you said, even access to mm -hmm. all of those gifts if mm -hmm. that gift is needed at the That's time. That's it, needed. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit knows what's needed. That's right. Mm -hmm. And also discernment. Sometimes we need we need discernment on what gift should be offered away. And thank God the Holy Spirit is the one that can do that Amen. without Amen. us being a part of it. And you know what you don't see here a lot mentioned? Is the word obedience mm -hmm. because the obedience yes. is when he'll call on you. That's when right. he knows you hear him mm -hmm. and and drop all that you're doing just to respond to him. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So then he breaks these down, and those are those uh, basic of the nine gifts mm -hmm. uh, that he that that First Corinthians chapter twelve and verse eleven. Uh, if we do you know, any kind of research and study and we, we listen to this this one or listen to that and they're going to kind of give you all kind of ordeals of, of thought. Uh, I had a minister friend one time that he believed that uh, once you were saved, you know, being that you're saved, you have the Holy Ghost. I can't disagree with that. You're born in the Spirit. But then you can operate in the gifts. He didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He believed you qualify. And I understand that. I, I do agree with him. Did he operate in the gifts? That's what amazed me. I have seen that man move in the power of the Holy Ghost. Okay. And and I'll tell you, I'll tell you a situation. We was in Sunday morning service years ago when I was younger. And um, and, and I was going to a free will Baptist church working with their youth son for a short period of time. And uh, I had moved and and, and through a connection, I, I met this pastor. One Sunday morning, he hit the floor. While he's preaching, I mean, he's solid, hit the floor like somebody had went and laid hands on him. Mm -hmm. He's laying there in the floor speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. He's went from preaching to that. Wow. And immediately, I knew God was fixing to do something. Oh, my. I knew and, and people didn't have a problem with speaking in tongues. They'd had interpretations and things like that in this church. But anyway, all of a sudden, I realized what was going on. The man in front of me, he had his pew like this. Oh. And he was just gripping it like that. The message was to him. It's now. It's now or never. It's now or never. So I don't know what to say. I don't know. I haven't seen him in years. I don't know if he's even still pastoring at that church. I've lost contact with him. He has a little distance from where I live now. But uh, 
God will honor, God, God will honor obedience. I think he'll honor, you know, it's like me and a minister, we were speaking before we both received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we come into the church of God and we were standing out there one night and, and we were just talking. He looked at me and he says, Harry, he says, you know, I know, I know before I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost that I preached with the anointing. I said, I agree with you. And both of us looked at each other, and you know what came out of our mouth almost at the same time? Obedience. We were obedient to let the Spirit do what He wanted. No, I wasn't. I wasn't preaching and speaking in tongues. I wasn't filled with the Spirit. But were we being obedient to the Spirit? Yes. And and God will honor that. But we're going to hear all kinds of terminologies and things if we're not careful. But but yes, I believe that the gifts are for the building up of the body. They are uh, purposeful, and yes, a person can operate in all of them. They may operate in a specific one more. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it would be good for us to inventory our life. Um, and, and, and inventory our life, is there areas that we are operating these gifts? Is there areas that we feel like that maybe God has wanted to and we didn't allow it? That's where obedience comes in. Um He's broke these down in, I think, a good uh, categorization. Uh, speaking gifts, which is prophecy, teaching, exhortation, word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and then the serving gifts, which is uh, serving, helps, leadership, administration, giving, uh, showing mercy, discerning of spirits, faith, and hospitality, and then uh, the, sign, the, the, the sign gifts, tongues, interpretation of tongues, miracle, and healings. Healings. And, of course, he gives some more references on page 18 in mind, the next page, the Bible references which identify, uh, references which identify these gifts are. And, see, a lot of times we just go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we, we, we look at it there, but we really need to take the whole context of all these. Um, because, actually, and I don't have the time, but there's actually how you can even break down these giftings to where there's gifts of the Father, gifts of the Spirit, Gifts of Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, there's been some teaching on how that's broke down and categorizing them that way. Right. Um, so, uh, I think Ephesians chapter 4 uh, is kind of an example of that uh, because it says, and he gave some. Well, who is the he there? Is that the Apostle Paul? Oh, no. no. Okay, the Holy Spirit. But yet, who's the head of the church? Christ. Christ. Christ said, "Upon this rock I'll build my church." And we know the Holy Spirit, and, 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 but, and we know that He's the administrator in in, in that of, of being in the world today. But it's His church, so He gave some apostles. We know it's the work of the Holy Spirit doing it. So I think that's interesting. And like I said, and this doesn't really cover that, but you can you can look at how these these can be categorized even. With gifts of the Father, gifts of, of, of Jesus, gifts of the Holy Spirit. It makes it interesting. Um, important, uh, important gifts for managers. Two of these spiritual gifts, those of leadership and administration, are especially important to managers. The gift of leadership is identified in Romans 12, 8 as one who ruleth or leads. A person with the gift of leadership has the ability to set plans in harmony with God's purpose and communicate those or these goals to others. He motivates others to accomplish those goals for the glory of God. Now, it's not somebody that dictates. It's somebody that's got a heart. They know how to lead. Uh, they know how to plan. 
purposefully, purposefully. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 28, the gift of administration is called governments. A person with this gift has the ability to give direction, organize, and make actions on the behalf of others. The meaning of the word government or administration is similar to that of a pilot steering a ship. A person with this gift is responsible for direction and decision making. Like the pilot of a ship, he may or may not be the owner of the ship but he has been entrusted with the responsibility of directing it on its voyage. Now, I'm not asking for people to come to me and want your service, but I do believe that I have a heart, an interest, mm -hmm. to administrate sometimes, to organize things. Mm -hmm. And then when I get it done or through with it, it's almost like I want my hands off of it. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an illustration. There's a church I'll be going ministering to tomorrow, I help them do their incorporation. Walk through it. Now they've got a church in Florida. And I run into some obstacles yesterday. And I'm talking to the bank. And I won't go into all the details. But I finally told the banker, I said, in all kindness, I said, ma'am, I said, I wanted to say I'm not the smartest. You know, on, on, you know but I'm not the smartest. But uh, you need to check. They can do that. But I realized, okay, we're talking about Difference North Carolina and Florida. Well, yesterday I get a phone call. Well, there's a couple of papers in, in, in office they need to sign and blah, blah, blah. Okay. We didn't have to do some of what she was trying to say they had to do. Mm -hmm. And so my hands is off of it now. I'm not the pastor of that church. Mm -hmm. I don't even go to that church. The next thing I know is I'll be going there and ministering in October, Lord willing. Mm -hmm. And it's in Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, wow. So I, I enjoy doing things like that. Sometimes, and I have helped, helped some ministries incorporate or ministers, and 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 so there is the organization, the decision, and some of that stuff. Uh, it's not my ship. I'll try to help steer, if I can. Uh, Titus is a Titus is a biblical example of a person with the gift of administration, because what did Paul tell him? Paul realized what his gift and and, and ability was. He told him, he said, "You go," in so many words, and he said, "You set up." What did he say in, in, in uh, uh, Crete? He said, for this cause, I left you. He said, Paul, Paul was telling him, I'll leave you there. He said, I want you to set things in order. Paul didn't just ask for a novice to do this. Somebody did. He saw this gifting in this young man. And the two books of First uh, and Second Timothy and, and, and Titus are pastoral books. And these two were pastors. Uh, set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I appointed thee. So we see the, the uh, well, I won't call him apostle, but, but Titus, he actually was a pastor, and Paul saw those abilities. He saw those giftings. Mm -hmm. And see, if we're in any area of leadership or in the body, we ought to be seeing those things, and we ought to be running with those people to assist them or to encourage them right. or build them up or pray for them at least because they're not in competition with us. Right. The gifts of leadership and administration function well together. A person with the gift of administration has the ability to direct, organize, and make decisions. The person with the gift of leadership has the ability to motivate and work with people to achieve these goals. Everyone can serve. Everyone can serve. Um, leadership, I'll read it. Leadership is not limited to the believers with these two gifts 
or the five special leadership positions. Believers with other spiritual gifts may be asked by church leaders to serve in various leadership positions. Mm -hmm. um, he's going to talk about some positions here in a little bit, but mm -hmm. um, he's going to talk about some things. But basically we see where it says here in this paragraph under uh, biblical positions, it says, because prior to that, it's talking about some things that can be areas of ministry, like sick in the local hospital. Uh, you all have mentioned some things, and they're just as important. They're I have just... a problem with the deaconess here, where it says it's not even really not mentioned in the Bible. It is mentioned in the Bible. The terminology from Greek is, but, but just to say a deaconess, I don't believe the word's there. Wasn't Deborah a deaconess? Well, she, would have been she was a judge. She was oh, judge yeah. of the Old Testament. Who am I thinking? I do believe there deaconess. was deaconess. There's uh, several of them mentioned in there. If we go back to the Greek, and I can't tell you that well off the top of my head, I think we see the term being fulfilled, but as far as the scripture saying she was a deaconess, we don't see that. Uh, yeah, I don't think they have deacons anymore. I think they call them elders. Is that right? A lot do. A lot call them elders. And see, that's another thing that we haven't gotten to. Within movements, when I say movements, I mean different churches, different uh, organizations, we use different terminologies. And sometimes what we've got to be careful with is when we go back to a scriptural perspective, some of them, well, what title does apply? And I, I, I well, I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's, it, it's the preference of the movement. Mm -hmm. Some of those things sound so closely related. Mm -hmm. What's the difference in a bishop and a pastor? Can a pastor be a bishop? Can a bishop be a pastor? Yes. Can, but think, is there a difference? Um, I think there's more leadership in a bishop. I'm, I'm, but a woman okay. can't be a bishop. So can she okay, be a can pastor? she be a bishop? A woman can't be a bishop. I don't think so. Okay. See, I like this. I like this in a... Okay. All right, if we go on what Paul said, if we go on what Paul said, it'd be the husband of one wife. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself. Well, I know, but, but it's good conversation. Because it's it is, because I want you to think. I want you all to think, and I want you to pray. I want you to, you know, I'm not here to tell you what's right and wrong, but I will say this. We've had this discussion. I'm going to get in trouble. Church of God's had this issue, and oh, it's yeah. all about a woman thing. Uh oh, yeah. Lord. You know, but I have to go back to the point where, <laughs> Am I telling the truth? where he knew us. Yeah. Telling we got the title bishop. We got the title bishop. Uh -huh. He knew us before we like my husband came saying, here. Am I saying it right? And when, when I was up there before, I was neither male nor female, as I'm going to be when I return. I'm down here as a female for a purpose, for re reproduction. That's why I'm here. And to lead people to Christ, but I'm going to be the same when I go back up there. Not of either sex, neither male nor female. Yeah, no marriage is not. Yeah, so to me, I think it's ridiculous. Some of this can go to to, to a ridic ridiculous state. It is. I think it's ridiculous. come on, it is. Accepting of women pastors, but I don't know about. Listening well, I know some churches have that, women that's as not, elders. That's, that's not the take. They, they go with what Paul said, and, and I was going to bring some of this up, what I'm fixing to say, and so when we get there, we may, we may roll on. Okay, Paul teaches in 1 Timothy chapter 3 that the bishop is to be the husband of one life. Okay, so that right there 
in some aspect, gives a leadership position of more of a masculine. That's why I asked the question, what's the difference in a bishop and a pastor? Is there one got, wife at a time? Well, you're getting ahead of me. Okay, there's four things there, at least, to entertain. Is it, okay, when it says he's to be the bishop of, a, of one wife, all right, is it because there was those that were married more than married to more than one woman? Okay, so you're putting more stress on a marital relationship and you with those kind of responsibilities. So some take it as if to say you cannot have more than one wife at the same time. So we call that polygamy today. Yep. But we know in Scripture there was, and probably by by the first second first or second century. There was still some of that, but not, still but not as but not as much. Well, say that again. In church of God, when I was do growing what? up, pastors um, could not what? be ordained pastors if they I didn't had been divorced. Okay, that's changed. Now it's an S. Yeah. It's not just it's not just one-time divorce. It's divorces. They they've looked at that. Okay, all right, sister. Okay, I was looking at when you said that in the scriptures. Couldn't it be because of that culture at that time when he was talking to? Yes. That's, and that's, that's why people now take it just at that point because it's based on that culture. Because mm-hmm. um, And then the way I see it too, when Paul was teaching, he was, I think he was trying to put men in their right perspective place because of the culture that mm-hmm. they was in. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I that's agree. where I look at the whole entire... Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I will, I will get with you... Because there's an exercise in here that's part of this that I want you to do. Okay. And we're going to do this in class. And, and I know you won't get to it today, and we will in just a few moments. It's just where we're going to do an inventory of ourselves okay. with something that's here. Okay. With little hearts and little checks and X's. <laughs> okay. See, I've got you intu- uh, in, in, inquisitive. Inquisitive. Okay, going back to. Go ahead. Excuse me. I, I was listening to a preacher yesterday. He was preaching good. So he got to the point where he said that women were not supposed to speak in tongues. Not speaking in tongues? See, now where do they get that from? Now I've heard not speaking in the church. Not speaking in the church. But that's a a cultural thing because in the synagogue Uh or or the temple... What would happen? You had the women, you had the men uh-huh. sitting uh-huh. different places, and the woman could not speak because a lot of times women. Hey, George, what is he talking about? Yeah, that is why Paul wrote it that way. He uh-huh. said, "Go uh-huh. ask your husband at home." Say women can't preach. But he said, "Speaking in tongues." No, no, no. I don't see where he got that. There was women and but, there, but there is movements that do ordain women to be bishops. I'm not all fussed We've had that discussion. That's crazy. Because that's evidence. A lot that's of it right. is just right. That's right. And part of that probably goes back, Sister Ricks, to a woman speaking in. In church. In church. Okay. What are you going to do with that? Because did the woman speak or did the Holy Ghost speak? The Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. You can't stop and the Holy Ghost. You can't uh, not speaking. Man, don't say nothing. You can't pray the Lord to do nothing. So God should have per- so God should have let Gideon, uh, uh, God should have let Balaam perished mm-hmm. because it wasn't of God because a donkey That's spoke. Right. That's right. He should have went ahead and not have mercy good. on Balaam and let just Balaam die. He didn't know what he was talking about. No, he didn't have no, no. But going back to this about the bishop, I, I, I would take the. I would take the the term and look at it, okay, 
We're going to make a discrepancy or a difference here. Okay, the office is a man. That doesn't mean that a woman's not qualified to do ministry. Right. So you said something just a moment ago, so I'm kind of giving you some idea to think on, is, okay, there's going to be some type of overseeing leadership where still a woman is involved mm-hmm. with her colleagues. But if we're going to put a particular title, the bishop, okay, it's a man. So we've got movements that do allow women to be bishops. Going back to what you were talking about just a moment ago, you've got those that, okay, and it could go into culture, too. Okay, and we're, we're looking at it from a man's perspective. The man's the bishop. Okay, he can only be married one time in his life, or he can be married multiple because that wife has died, or some reason because of the divorce, and but remember, he says, be blameless, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when if it's a divorce... There's two sides to every story. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this person is still of character. Okay, so if we're going to take it that you can have multiple, or can it even be at the same time, Paul was addressing not to have more than one wife. Don't be where you've got two and three wives because of the need of the responsibility. So some of the things, then some people even stretch it to the fact that if you are a minister male, I'm, I'm playing all this out before we went with this, okay, if you're not married, you can't be a bishop. Mm-hmm. Because you're the husband of one wife. You don't have a wife. So therefore, you can't be a bishop. So all these different terminologies are there. And I'm going to say this, is there a right? Yes, there is. Do I possibly know all the answers? I don't know. We, we, we've discussed this in, in the organization that I work with. Um, and right now, we have we have more women credentialed than we've got men. We have more women in the church. Mm-hmm. And every and every one of those women have said mm-hmm. we want it to stay the way it is. It's not Church of God. There's a little organization <laughs> that I work with, and every one of those women are ordained ministers. Yes. Then we've got the rank of ordained bishop, mm-hmm. and they said we don't want it to go no further. And our leadership is out of the bishops. So we don't belittle them. We don't we don't stop them from doing any area of ministry. So those are some of the conflicts of, of things we have. There again, some people look at a bishop and a pastor being the same thing. He is overseeing. I'll tell you something I heard years ago, and it stayed with me. And this came when I was in the Baptist church. Somebody brought up the fact we're letting an adult woman teach. And she's teaching a class in the sanctuary, and it's to the adults, and it's male and female. So therefore, is she a serpent authority yeah. over over the men that are there? She taught Sunday you know, school her whole life. You know, you know what the pastors, what the pastor come back and said? And I have to agree with him. And it wasn't just straight scripture he gave them. He said, this church authorizes her, the leadership of this church. So how is she a serpent authority over a man when she's got the she's got the approval of the leadership of this church? Now I know there's a biblical perspective, but you see 
where he took that and he said, wait a minute, let's put this in the right steps. You know. So there, there is some things here that we have to we have to get the mind of God about. There's some things that we may not totally agree with. But here's my issue with the whole situation. If we're not careful, we'll split hairs and we'll differ and we'll fuss and we'll fight and we'll miss the whole purpose of what our call is. Mm-hmm. It's like walking into the church one day that we visited, and it was ten of us from the church where I was going, and I was younger, and uh, I was I was already doing ministry, but I was not pastoring. And we're sitting on the back row, and it was an evening service, and our about ten of us from our church. Our pastor knew the deacon, and so when it come time, they got communion. Instead of causing an issue. And an issue with us, they use real wine. Our pastor, he had not told us a word before we got there. Matter of fact, he had been there before, but he didn't know he was going to have communion that, that, that Sunday evening. So he was sitting on the end of the road. He told his wife, he told her that it went down. I was about middle of the aisle, I mean the pew. And it was, when they go to pray, we quietly slip out. Okay. We don't know why we're leaving. We're just told by our pastor we're leaving. When we get outside, respectfully, he said, the reason we're leaving is because I didn't want to expose the fact that they use real life. So what was he doing? He was taking care of his sheep. Mm -hmm. But we didn't do anything disrespectful. But we found fellowship with those people because the truth was being preached there. Well, if they want to take a little shot, that's between him and God. I'm not, I don't, I'm not condoning it. So if we're not careful, we can split hairs on things and we can miss ministry. Mm-hmm. It's a fine line, some of this stuff. It's like the evangelist. The first evangelist in the Bible was the woman at the well. Who went <laughs> uh, to all right. the men and told you're them right. everything. Mm-hmm. So you can be an evangelist, but you can't be a preacher. You can be a preacher, but you can't be a deaconess. Yeah. I mean, it sounds a little it's crazy. And who, and who, 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 yeah. who told the who told the disciples that Jesus rose from the dead first? That's exactly right. Yeah. right. And who stayed? Who stayed at the garden? That's exactly right. She got what the rest of them missed. That's right. Yeah, who had Jesus? That's all I was about to say. <laughs> you keep on sister. I'm going to keep Hill Marys. No, I'm just... <laughs> You can even go back to the Old Testament. God appointed Deborah to be judge. She judged exactly. men and women. She did. And she had authority over men. Yes, she did. She did. It was Esther that went before the king. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, that's and because none of you women were ever on the, the board. And here, <laughs> and here, here's another thing. What does what does Paul symbolize the church as in Ephesians? The body right. of Christ. And there's a passage of scripture, and I've shared it with couples getting married before. It says for the husband to love his wife as Christ loves the church. It says for the wife to submit herself to her own husband. You go on down in that passage of scripture, it says they're to submit one one to another. So we've got to find the balance. If we don't, the family's out of order, the church is out of order, the world's out of order. We can have these disputes. We can have all these battles. If my wife tomorrow says I want to be a bishop, I say, God bless you, honey. I'm still going to call you sweetheart. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you, you find very few women in the church on the board. But you know what? We're missing something there. If I had not taken that 80-year-old lady in our church, the counsel that she gave our church, mm. I wish she'd have been there when they bought the insurance policy, but she wasn't. Mm. She was an asset to our church. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that's the first time I ever heard that clause. She got up and said that in a Sunday school message one morning. She says, take the meat and leave the buttons. Mm -hmm. wow. Oh, my. Whoa. Uh-huh. Now, this, this is interesting. I hope, I hope you're receiving something. And I'm not saying we're getting all the answers here today. But see, the thing about coming to Bible college is not just programming you. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, no. It's to make you want to study. Mm -hmm. I, so can stand here, I can stand here and tell you, okay, this, 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 and this. And this is the way you it is. You've got to learn for yourself. You yeah. have to learn to think. Now, if I hear something that is unorthodox or unscriptural, I want to exhort you in love mm -hmm. and say, well, have mm -hmm. you considered this? And I had a wonderful pastor one time. He used to drive me nuts mm -hmm. until I learned him. And I was young. Mm -hmm. I was young. And I'd go to talk to him about something. And the next thing I know, he'd say, well, Brother Harry, have you ever considered? He would say I was wrong or right or whatever. He said, have you ever considered? Mm -hmm. That's good. And you start elaborating. And I'm saying, oh, Lord, here we go with the speech again. Mm -hmm. But later in my life, I realized That's good. what he was doing. Mm -hmm. He was giving me instruction, mm -hmm. but yet he was edifying me mm -hmm. and not belittling me That's and good. letting me learn on my own. To think for yourself. To think, mm -hmm. to think for myself. Mm -hmm. That's part of mentoring. All right, I want us to do something. I know I'm going to skip a little bit. Um, let's go over. Let's go over to where it says duties. I want to run those. Down. I want us to do this exercise if we don't get through this whole chapter, um, because it kind of reemphasizes a few things. Um, it gives the titles. It says bishop, deacon, deaconess, elders, um, and then there's a few more things on the other side. I want you to read these and study this because uh, we're not going to take the time to follow up on all these. But I want us to look at this. It does give kind of a general duty. It says it gives the scriptures, and I encourage you to go and study these about the bishop. Many consider a bishop to be similar to a pastor, and I agree with that. He does have a long-term care over a group of believers, and we've already heard that about a pastor. Um, deacon. These verses indicate deacons have a ministry of serving and helps. Now, I'm going to make a personal preference statement, and I'll say that again, a personal preference statement. I personally, by what I have studied the Word of God and understand, deacons don't need to be running the church. No, no. that's not their job. No, but a lot of churches are established that way if they got deacons. They're, they are the board. They're running the church. They're doing the business. They are for that of the service and helping others. And if you go back to the understanding of the book of Acts, when deacons came into existence, those first seven, it was to free the apostles to stay with the word in prayer so they could minister to the people. And those those deacons went out to minister to the needs of those in the congregation. Now, my husband was a deacon in the Baptist church. 
and the congregation was split up among deacons, mm. and they had I've a certain register, mm -hmm. and each month they would go mm -hmm. visit certain mm -hmm. ones, mm -hmm. see how their family was doing, mm -hmm. how the children were doing, they'd pray over them, pray over their home, keep in touch and keep a close relationship. That's, that's an appropriate way to look at it. And, and also, um, there is a high qualification, and a deacon ought to be able to teach or to minister if necessary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean they're called to a full-time pastoral or, or, or a pulpit mm -hmm. ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, the deaconess. Deaconess are not specifically mentioned in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And what that means is there's not the term that, that somebody was a deaconess. I do believe, I do believe that there were ladies that were in that operation. Uh, and reading these scriptures will be, be good because it actually, 16, chapter 16, lists right. some names. Well, um, um, what was the name? Chapter of uh, Acts 9, 6, 9, 36. Look, look that verse up. Look that verse up, and I know who you're talking about, okay. and I, I, I want to make sure. But in, in, in while you're doing that, in, in, uh, in Romans chapter 16, verse 1 and 2, there's some names here, and it doesn't say that, that they're a deacon. But the understanding or deaconess. It says, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, Phoebe. which is a servant of the local bar. No, the church, <laughs> which is at Sinaris. May not be pronouncing it correctly. No, no. Yeah. All right, what, what you got there, brother? Yeah. Terry. Okay, and she was the one that that uh, did garments. She made things, and she ministered to others. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Now, 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 now there was a now there was a job for a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by tradition is called is called Dorcas. This one was full of good work, and on the which she did. Right off the top of my head, I don't know to give you an answer that she was a deaconess, but I definitely see I see the qualifications. Because you're in Acts 16, right? Acts, Acts, well, Acts 9, there's Acts, Acts 9. Acts 9, verse 36. Okay. That's very well possible. That'd be a good study. And right off the top of my head, I, 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 I don't want to say something that I'm unsure about. But I see the term. I see the terminology that you're talking about. Because she was a servant. And that's what it is, a servant's heart. But I have no issue with churches having deaconess. Because, you know, there's places that a woman can minister where a man can't. Mm -hmm. And I'll just say this. If, you know, if, if, if my wife and I had, had a young lady that come to us and she's been sexually assaulted, it's not that I can't pray for her. Or speak to her. No, but if a man is just assaulted her, she certainly doesn't want to look at Exactly. Like it's going to be better yeah. for a sister right. or, or a mother of the church mm. to minister. Yeah, because I minister at the, at the yes. jail. And yes. The men aren't allowed to go in and minister. Yes, yes. Mm. So I see the appropriateness how God has, has, has allowed this to come into to alignment. And then we've got several scriptures. Please study these scriptures. Elders. These verses indicate elders provide leadership in the church decisions, ministers to minister to, to the needs of the believers, and assist in the development and care of the local body of believers. I believe we're getting into uh, areas of decision being made.
But I believe the tightness of the leadership of that church ought to be that a pastor be in charge. And but yet the heart of that pastor's vision mm -hmm. and them working together ought to be knit. Um, I think that's very important because these people that are elders, they're not just people that are doing this, that, and the other. They have the heart of the church. They do. What is the mission of this church? What's the vision of this church? How are we going to get this accomplished? And working together with the pastor. God gave me a two-year vision. All I can say, the people wanted something else. The church that I told you about. And and, and I'm telling you where my vision was, partner. They needed youth. But God told me, he says, you go to the businesses. Now, it may sound a little strange. And, and I started going to the businesses because this church was sitting in the middle okay. of businesses. And when I walked in, and later I found out one of those businesses. It was a restaurant. I found out what was going on in that business. That was witches in that business. And when I walked in, when I walked in, and I said, I'm Pastor so-and-so, told him what church. And I said, I just want to let you know, I've come by and let you know I'm the new pastor down here, and our church is going to be praying for you. You know what? He looked at me and he says, I need all the prayer I can get. Mm. Now, this may be strange, and you may have never seen this done, but God told me, he said, on the, on the sign outside, he said, you take a business every month and put it on this sign, we're praying for McDonald's. We're praying for whatever the business was that I had went and visited. And God started blessing the church because there was a vision that I saw if you reach these because there's people there that need to be reached. But sometimes we've got to be creative. We've got to, we've got to listen to the voice of God. God will give us things that may be different. Okay, I want to jump down because he kind of goes back over this, this structure of the church. Um. Don't hesitate to read through this, though. Um, the foundation laid by the apostles and the prophets. Of course, we know who the foundation is. Um, we, we, we know it's like a fitted building that's being exhorted here, but it's built upon the rock, Jesus Christ. In Matthew 16, 18, 1 Corinthians 3, 11, and Ephesians 2, and verse number 20, we find the true founder is Jesus. He's the true foundation and also the true habitation or the dwelling place. Because Jesus himself said in John 1.14 that he came to tabernacle with us. Yes. He came to tabernacle with us. So he's the foundation, he's the or he's the founder, and he's the true foundation, and he's the one that we dwell with. Okay, again, as we look at the self-test, uh, we have our memory verse, which is, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Then we're to match these, of, uh, of, uh, we're to match these, what the definition is, okay? What is uh, the prophet? Speaks under special inspiration to communicate with the immediate message of God to his people, also a leadership position. Okay, that's number two. Number two. All right, what is the apostle? Number one. Number one. All right, what is the uh, pastor? Number four. Number four. What's the number? Uh, what's the evangelist? Number three. three. Number three. What's the teacher? Five. All right. Six. Leadership is six. Six. Mm -hmm. Okay. And seven. And seven, seven. <laughs> okay. And then 
We're to list three other biblical leadership offices discussed in this lesson, and they are what? Elders, deacons, bishop. Yes. All right, and I put a slash, and you can do this. Deaconess. Uh, I put okay. bishop, deacon, okay, deaconess, slash deaconess, hmm. elders. Okay. Uh, and if you don't put that on there and you self-test, you know, if you don't put deaconess, all you women, <laughs> I think I'll take a point off if you don't. That's right. <laughs> okay. This is what I want to work on, and so uh, we'll do our best to get through this um, before we leave. I, I want to finish for further study. This is what I want to do. This is going to be a self-examination. I went through here, and there are several things that break it down of other positions in the local church. And these are areas of ministry. Some of it's extended ministry. And it makes it creative for the church to minister in different avenues. All right, you got prayer and healing ministries, practical ministries. You've got educational ministries, counseling ministry, outreach ministries, um, leadership ministry, caring ministries, and other ministries, which goes to page 25 in mind. So there's about one, two, three, four pages. Now, there could be another one that's the pillar ministry. All right, I'm going to be humorous, and I'll get back to this I have a pastor friend, or used to have a pastor friend. We would talk every day. I called him one day. I said, brother, how are you doing this morning? He said, I'm starting a new ministry. He said, I'm starting a pillow ministry. Mm. I thinking, okay, where is he going? I mean, he was serious. I could, tell, I could tell he was serious. Mm. Yeah. Something's going on. He wasn't trying to be silly. He says, I'm going to start a pillow ministry. And I said, brother, could you explain? He said, and his office was downstairs in the church, it was center block building. It downstairs, the basement was. And they, they made his office down there. He said, if I don't get a pillow, he said, but I need a pillow. He said, these church members are driving me crazy. He said, I'm going to take that pillow and put it against the wall and start beating my head. He said, so I'm going to start a pillow ministry. We don't need no pillow ministries. Okay. Now let's go and let's look at what is listed here. What I want you to do for the next few moments, and then we'll try to have some discussion and we're going to get out of here. This is what I've done. You may want to write this down. I put check, just a check mark, those you have done. And this okay, is not hard. At? Those that you have done. Do I need to write that down? Yeah, I would write it at the top like I did. I just put a little check mark beside it. I made me a note. Okay. Those you have done. These are things that you're going to go through these lists of all these things. These are things that you've done. Okay. Then I want you to put a heart beside, and you may have a heart and may have a check on some of them. You may What's have the just heart a, for? Huh? What is the heart for if you do more? Passionate or interest. Oh, you're at least interested in this, whether you've ever done it, or you have done it, or you're doing it. You put the heart because you have a passion and you have an interest. And that's why I put slash interest because you may have never done it, but you've got an interest. Mm -hmm. All right, thirdly, is an X. You have no interest. And I put slash, and I'm telling on myself, bad experience. So it's either when you put a check, I mean an X mark, you're saying I have no interest, <laughs> or it may be because I've had a bad experience. And it may be something we got to get over. So this is a good inventory. Mm -hmm. What I want you to do is take the next few minutes and I want you to go and make your hearts, your checks, and there may be some that have a check and a heart. Okay. Um, you may have one that's a check. 
No, if you check it, you've done it. And if we haven't done it, we just leave it blank. Well, no, 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 no. If you no, have no, an you interest, could, yeah. If you have an interest or you, or, or, yeah, or you have a heart for it, yeah. Maybe that door's not opened yet or you've not pursued it. Go ahead, Diane, do all of them, as many as you can. Yeah, as many as you can. We're going to take just a few. Try to do all of them if you can. <laughs> and then uh, okay. we'll take a moment and we'll just elaborate on just a couple things. While you're doing these, and you can go back, and maybe we can come back to this, what I want you to do is as you're doing these, think about which one stands out the most that I've got a passion and maybe one dislike Something like that. Or I didn't, I've never done maybe two or three and we'll, we'll kind of go around the room for a moment and we'll make this our last thing. And when you leave here, go back over this. Talk to God about it. Talk to him about it. Maybe there's areas we need to repent. Maybe there's areas we need to say, oh God, you, are you wanting to open the door? When are you going to open the door? Or we need to pursue it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>